So, you know when you go out in the woods and it's a beautiful, sunny, sparkly day and there's an arctic little breeze freezing your face and you're not sure if you can do it, but you go out there anyway and you do a big tarot reading and it's very exciting and then you get home and listen to it and it's all just wind noise, wind noise, wind noise. Okay, there is some chance that maybe you don't know what that experience feels like. Because who the heck goes wandering in the woods giving tarot readings into a microphone? I'll tell you who does that. It's T. That's me. I'm T. This is Burning Tarot. <clears throat> and that was a, a nice little reading. Long reading, actually. But you know what? We just have to start over. Ah, <sighs> So, Beautiful. Snow on the ground, sunshine. We are here in the woods of central Oregon. Now, if you've heard the earlier report that I can't share with you because it's so windy and nasty, you would, you would have been there for me hugging a ponderosa on all of our behalf. So let's do that right now. Just stop for a second, if you can. If you're driving, you maybe just keep driving, keep your eyes open. But if you're not driving, if you're someplace you can get away with it, Close your eyes and take a deep breath. Imagine that you are in a forest. Imagine that there is a great, huge tree in front of you. Any kind of tree will do. Pick one you like. Imagine the sun is shining on the bark of this tree. And so as you step closer to this tree, still breathing deeply and feeling your feet connect you to the earth, you move into the tree and the sunshine is releasing pungency into the air. Smell your tree. Smell the sap awakening, for it is February. Smell the hints of springtime to come. If you're hugging a ponderosa, smell the vanilla smell. Some call it butterscotch. And feel the rough skin of this tree on your cheek as you give it a big hug. As you breathe and your arms are connected to the earth through the tree and your feet are connected to the earth through your heels or your body is connected to the earth if you're lying down because I know some of you um, spend a lot of your time prone. You're not able to get out into the woods, but in your imagination, you certainly can. Hug a darn tree. And allow earth to hug you back through the tree and its wonderful smell, through the sunshine and the air, through the deep energy that rises up through the soil and up through your feet. Ah, and so here we are at Burning Tarot. Now, what we normally do on this little podcast is we take a nature walk, 
maybe we have a little bit of breathing or some kind of experience together that helps connect us to our bodies, the earth, each other, the great woo. And we pull a card. And this tarot card helps give us some guidance, suggestions, ways to move forward in the upcoming week or so. And I'm not heading back out into the forest with our card because it's like two degrees below zero. (laughs) And I'm just not that hardcore. And I don't know what the wind is doing. So we've still got the card. It's right here next to me. We're using Cat Black's edition of Golden Tarot. We use this deck a lot here in the land of Burning Tarot, and she has made digital collages based on uh, medieval paintings and maybe late, I'm sorry, Renaissance paintings and maybe late medieval as well. That's what they look like to me. Um, And so these are wonderful collages. And all those paintings, these are, you know, your Western European types of art. These echo very well the Smith Rider Waite and other traditions of the tarot that seem so familiar. So it's a lot of um, Christian imagery behind the mysticism. And the paintings work wonderfully with that um, because they were made at that same time, right? And they were speaking that same language. As for this podcast, I know we have a lot of uh, a lot of people come to my website specifically to read a piece that I wrote um, for Christians about whether the tarot is um, is okay for them. People who are making inquiries into that, and like sixty thousand people have come in the last couple months and read that essay. It's a lot of you. If any of you have made it all the way to this podcast, well, hello. Welcome. I hope your journey hasn't been too fraught. Um, So that said, there's a lot of religious imagery in a lot of these tarot decks. and, uh, And I like to work with that energy, with the history and the deep metaphor and symbolism that are baked into those traditions. If you're an American, particularly, and a non-Catholic style Christian, it can be really difficult to imagine these symbols being anything other than literal American Christianity, patriarchy, bad, (laughs) depending which end of the spectrum you fall on. Um, But the kind of the mystical reading of these things is very beautiful and uh, it tends to be tied in with a lot of pagan traditions that the church scooped up um, as the empire expanded. And working with the images as they are and enjoying their history rather than just sort of instinctively getting rid of them, um, I think is quite useful. So that's how I try to read these despite having a lot of misgivings about um, Christianity, both in my life and in society as a whole. Um, I try to set that aside to enjoy the beauty and richness of these paintings, these cards, and in other card decks too. So that stuff comes up in particular today 
because our card is card number 20 from the Major Arcana, Judgment. So that's two X's, you know, two Roman numerals, 20. When I pulled the card, it was February 22nd, 2022. And uh, we're on card 20, so there's another two zero to throw into the 0222022 numerological craziness. Wow, what a bunch of fun. The judgment card, um, you can usually read it as judgment day in the kind of Christian sense. So it's a day of reckoning, a day of looking at what you've done, what's come before, and kind of do you measure up? Or maybe looking at things in your life or things in your society and saying, do these measure up? How we doing? How we doing, huh? I don't know. Um, And you can think of it as like going to the gates of St. Peter, you know, which is a Christian trope, but it's also a pop culture trope where like if you see a one panel cartoon, you know, maybe it's about a guy on a desert island or maybe it's somebody making a joke at the gate of St. Peter, they're trying to get into heaven. And there's this like inventory, you know, laundry list of stuff that they've done, good and bad. Do they deserve to get into heaven? Or if it's, um, so on judgment day, the Lord is supposed to come back and people rise out from their coffins and their bones under the earth and ascend to heaven and or spend time on earth, which becomes heaven-like for a certain number of hundreds of years and then go to heaven. There's there's details, but we're just doing tarot here. <laughs> so I'm not going to get too literal. Um, that gives you a sense of what the judgment card can mean. How are we doing? Are we ready to rise from the dead? From our own time underground? Uh, It's also at the end of, almost at the end of the major arcana cycle. And if you're familiar with stuff like the the hero's journey, Joseph Campbell, you know, there's this whole idea of us taking a particular heroic journey. And a lot of people like to map that onto the major arcana, also known as the trumps. Oh boy, I don't use that word so much, uh, of the tarot. And there's been a lot of feminist critique of the idea of the heroic journey or the hero's journey in recent years. And I think that's quite apt. Uh, Lydia Yuknovich, I believe, wrote something fun about that or was interviewed and said something about it. And I thought, yeah, I'm kind of with you, Lydia. I used to know Lydia. I wonder what happened to her. I hope she's happy. Uh, Seems like she's successful and wonderful and she writes these great things. So she was saying, okay, well, that hero's journey doesn't necessarily reflect everybody's experience. That's like a white male dude telling you what a heroic experience looks like. That critique is legit, totally. But I think there is something for many of us in the idea of the kind of hero's journey and depth psychology, underworld journey, rising from the dead, going under the ground. You know, probably the most well-known myth of this sort in our culture, um, 
following the Jesus one, right? So in the Christianity version, Jesus is the son of God. And he's also part of God. That's confusing. Okay, well, we'll just skip over that. Uh, But he's embodied. So this is like the energy of godness, heavenness, heavenly, celestial, universe, wowness, taking human form. And then is crucified, dead and buried, and descends into hell for three days. So... Wow, that's quite a transformational thing, right? Going down in the dark into somebody else's kingdom. If your father is like the sky god with the, you know, the white beard and everything, (laughs) then the underworld, well, that belongs to somebody else, the devil or to Hades, right? And under there is where you learn stuff. Or maybe it's the realm of Arishkagal and Inanna descends the realm of Hades, Persephone descends. So these are very female characters. And they go through a transformation. Transformation sounds so good on paper, uh, sometimes kind of a bitch to actually do. And then you rise again after the three days in Chapel Perilous, and um, you're reborn, right? You ascend to heaven, or whatever, You have a chance to uh, take stock of what you've done and you have a chance to sort of become something new. So that's that's the myth. That's the story. And it's used frequently in different forms throughout different cultures, but a lot of them are, you know, cultures that started in the Middle East and then became you know, what we know as Western civilization. I'm sure a cultural anthropologist could tell you far more about how this plays out in other cultures. I simply don't know. But in that realm, we have this over and over and over again. And when we hit the judgment card, it suggests it's time for all of us to arise. This isn't just one person going on a journey or one godlike figure connecting the underworld, the Hades realm, with the upper world, the sky god realm, or even the earth realm. It's about all of us standing up to be counted. Um, and I believe that this card can be intensely personal, but there are some people who think that because it's towards the end of the major arcana, hero's journey cycle, it's the second card to the end, that it's kind of um, the equivalent of like a transpersonal outer planet in astrology where its movements have to do with large social historical types of happenings and that those are unlikely to zap us on a very personal level unless we happen to have a personal planet right at that same degree or something. So if you're into astrology, you could kind of think of that theory in a similar way. What I find in astrology is that that's a load of horse shit. The transpersonal planets and the outer planets really kick my ass, me personally. Whenever they're up to some groovy shenanigans, you know, they're, they're stationing direct. They're, you know, Saturn square Uranus. 
I feel that in my nervous system. I feel that at home, in my everyday life. Likewise, I believe <clears throat> that these um, later major arcana cards, um, maybe they ripple more through society and you see effects happening in the news or on your social media feed or a friend calls you and, and they're going through something and it's very similar to what you're going through. So there are larger reverberations, but I think you're going to feel this one personally. It's your personal judgment day, and it's everybody else's day. Is it a resurrection? Is it a happy day to become re-embodied? And or, is it a day to really take stock of how you've gotten to where you are right now? To look back, linger on the past Maybe you don't have to present your evidence to St. Peter, but you might find yourself wanting to, to present it to yourself. Who am I? What have I done? What has been important to me? How am I to move forward if I don't process all that stuff? And if I'm suddenly kind of dragged out of the underworld <laughs> where maybe I'm doing some transformative work, Maybe I'm down there like depressed or freaked out and I don't really know what's happening. And suddenly judgment day comes. Lord Jesus Christ is here to save you. And in, in this card, uh, in this depiction, Cat Black has uh, made it so that they're, the angel who usually appears in this card um, trumpeting you know, the end of days is actually in a crowd. There's people, mostly naked, hanging out, and an angel also hanging out, they're looking up, and they're looking up at Jesus, who's got, you know, crown of thorns, wound in his side, the whole business. He's carrying a banner with a cross on it, um, and he's got his hand up in the kind of papal gesture of a blessing. It's also the Girl Scout and Boy Scout blessing symbol, but, you know, I don't know if the Boy Scouts can get you into heaven. Um, so... In this particular version, the way she's uh, collaged the paintings together, it looks like Jesus, you know, which is the God energy put in a body wandering around on the earth, has come out of a sepulcher, is coming out from the tomb, has just been crucified, dead and buried. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven. Well, in this case, instead of ascending into heaven, He's hanging out and he's blessing the people. He's giving them a little chat. Um, in some decks, this card, like the people look desperate. Like, please, angel, let me go to heaven. Or why am I floating out of this coffin? These guys look, they're kind of like, oh, this is cool. Check this out, man. There's Jesus. One of them's like, I'm praying here with my little strange bare medieval breasts. And even the angel Instead of being like, I'm the announcing angel, everybody look at me, or I'm the avenging angel, the angel's just like chilling out with their black wings and their red robe, and they're looking at Jesus too. So everybody's hanging out to get a blessing in this version of the judgment. And we don't see the signs of these particular individuals. We don't see them as skeletons or as... Um, 
We don't see the graves that they may have arisen from. It gives us gives me more of a an impression of like some people uh, <laughs> hanging out, listening to a prophet. Um, and it gives it a friendly feeling. It's like, oh, wow, well, it's Jesus that had to, you know, actually go to hell and everything. So we're just listening to him to find out how that was. So I like this idea of using our judgment day to, to look for blessings, to listen for blessings, to say, I'm going to take stock of my own life. I'm going to give it a, a little once over. I'm going to review some things. But I'm also, you know what, I'm, I'm willing to move forward. And I'm interested in the experiences of people wiser than me or the wisdom within me. The wisdom and knowledge, the godness, and I know God is a really difficult word. Whatever, the super enlivening energy that that makes us be alive. The energy that we can feel that there is beauty and bigness in the universe. There is stuff bigger than us. And if you've ever written a poem or played some music or had a baby or looked at the sky full of stars, you know there's stuff bigger than us out there. And I'm going to call it God or whatever. Personally, not, not a believer. But the word is going to work <laughs> for this context. God, the universe, the great woo, all that amazing energy comes through each of us. And sometimes what helps us access it is finding, you know, a holy man, right? Like this Jesus Christ person on this card. But it could be that you're reading the words of Pema Chodron or Thich Nhat Hanh, an amazing holy man who just passed, um, or you know, whatever tradition you're in. And these words can help connect us to our own knowledge, to our own store of wisdom, our own ability to tap into the energies, the godness, the wildness, the enlivenedness. So it doesn't really matter whether we're looking externally or internally. We might find ourselves during this week or so looking in both places and really keeping our ears peeled for interesting information and for just something that feels, maybe it's, it could be stuff that challenges us a little bit. Some of it might feel like, oh yeah, as we're reading it or hearing it or just experiencing it, if we can get beyond words, that's always great. We're vibing it. Uh, some of it may confirm our existing beliefs and biases about knowledge, wisdom, holiness, God, the animating forces of life, etc. Some of it might excite those feelings in us, but also challenge some of our pre-existing beliefs. Because this is a time of transformation. If you've been personally like slogging through multiple underworld journeys over the last couple of years, okay, you're not alone. Let's, let's really make that clear. Even if I'm the only person who's been there with you, 
you're not alone. I've been there. And I can tell you from the people who uh, get readings from me, from the people in my community, my friends, lots of people have been in that slog. It's hard. And most of us, you know, we're not Jesus Christ or Thich Nhat Hanh or whoever. Like, we don't just sort of pop out of the underworld going like, okay, my three days is over and now I'm feeling good and I'm going to go sit on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. It's going to be fabulous. We have a slower process, a lot of back and forth. If you want to think of a butterfly metaphor, um, the caterpillar spins a cocoon and completely dissolves in there becomes horrible mush. The astrologer April Shaley, whom I admire greatly, when she describes this process, she goes, it's not cute, <laughs> which I think is very cute of her to say. Um, and what happens in there is that the what was a caterpillar is reduced to this slimy mush stuff. And scientists tell us that it's filled with something called imaginal cells. And from these imaginal cells, somehow a butterfly gets built. Maybe. Not everybody makes it that far. Excuse me. So that's a kind of very strong underworld journey. And I think what happens with humans and what I've been seeing in myself and my clients over the last couple years is that mm, we do a little back and forth. It's not Jesus three days in the grave popping up, everything's fine now. It's not uh, I was mush, imaginal cells, now I'm a flapping, happy butterfly floating around in the sky. There's a lot of kind of back and forth that maybe doesn't get talked about in the mythology very well. It's like, I'm in hell with Hades. Maybe it's more like Persephone. I'm in hell with Hades, you know, six months out of the year. She ate the pomegranate seeds. She's got to go back every year. And for some of us, that's the process. That is the process of transformation and genuine change. And underworld journey style change, um, a lot of people want to think they can master that process by putting symbols on it by saying a spell about how they want for that to go, by um, carving something into a candle, you know, whatever. Of course people want to control that journey, but it's not controllable. It is not. We go under our own consciousness. We go deep into the darkest depths And all we have really is the imaginal selves. And we may, as humans, unlike butterflies, we may kind of pop out of the cocoon for a while, try to get adjusted to outside life, and then be like, "Um, I'm really actually still pretty slimy. I'm going back in the cocoon. I still have to build those wings. Oops, forgot to do that part. And it's fortunate that we get to do that. Or like, well, I'm, I'm out for a few days, but now I'm going back to hell. So when we pull the judgment card, it doesn't have to have this ringing finality of it is the day of reckoning. The good kids will get to go to heaven now. The bad kids will stay on earth. That's kind of the American Christian read on all that. 
uh, in terms of that tradition. Um, what we have is an opportunity to take stock of where we are, and we might be forced into it a little bit. You know, it might be like, well, ready or not, here I come. Or you could see that, I mean, the Jesus figure in this card, and you'll see the picture of it on, on my uh, blog or on the MP3 file for this. It's a very positive image. The people are interested in getting blessed by the man who's coming out of the ground, out of the underworld. He's blessing them. He's not harshing on their mellow or whatever. And um, so it's a pretty good dynamic. It's a good dynamic, but it's intense. And if you see it reverberating around you in your city, in your community, in the news, you know, if you get this strong sense of like, whoa, it's not just me experiencing this, um, I think that's appropriate. That's also appropriate given the astrology of the moment, which is, um, depending what kind of astrology you practice, um, <clears throat> if you practice any astrology, that is, um, tropical astrology, which is the most commonly practiced that I know of, um, in that system, we're at a moment where the United States, and a lot of y'all are in the United States, we've just had a perfection of our Pluto return. In sidereal astrology, the perfection of that won't happen for another couple years. It kind of doesn't matter um, that the Pluto cycles are so slow that basically we're in a several year moment of intense judgment day type of stuff and uh, acknowledging our past, being forced to transform and have a reckoning with who we are as a country and people who grew up in this country. So the first exact conjunction of the United States natal Pluto with transit Pluto uh, was just whatever, two days ago, four days ago. I don't know what day it is. <laughs> so that's some really intense energy. And I could see that playing very well with the judgment card. In our personal lives, though, uh, even if you're trying to extract yourself from the difficulties of this culture, this culture that influences you even if you have moved yourself to Europe, a culture that influences you if you never were an American because it's a big superpower country that stomps around the globe and takes stuff over and participates in the whole colonial business. Um, the U.S. Pluto return will affect you anyway. So I wouldn't, uh, with the judgment card for those of us here in Burning Tarot Land, I wouldn't say only project your transformative energy onto the larger societal structures. Don't only look at the history of your own country. Although, hey, it's Black History Month. Good time to look at the history of your own country. Um, but there's a personal side to this that you have to reckon with as well. Where have your underworld journeys taken you? What have you learned? What are you still desiring to learn? Can you start to recognize maybe a longer, larger cycle within your own life that's coming to fruition? 
right now. Right, you know, right now and probably ending within the next six months or a year. So it's a good time to look for those longer, larger cycles. Look back to what happened 20 years ago. What started in your life 20 years ago and where has it taken you now? That's a fun exercise to do um, with the number 20 that we were given for this. So there you go. I hope that this judgment card gives you something to chew on as we move into um, the Celtic spring or the American winter months and the return of the sun and wherever it is you are. I hope you were able to get out in nature because that's really... that's really the easiest maybe way to tap into our own deep kind of God, woo-woo, earth, puppy nature, the energies that are within us. And you can also do that with your imagination. Um, If you are bed-bound, I would recommend trying to get a rock, a crystal, a pine cone. Ask someone to bring you a plant a branch of rosemary. It doesn't have to be pretty, incidentally. It can be a handful of stinky dirt. I mean, that would be great. So, and, and some of you um, have kind of lockdown situations in terms of your, um, in terms of COVID and your susceptibility to illness. So if you're in one of those positions, see if you can get some little hints of nature into your apartment, into your house, into your bed. And use those as a, as a portal to meditate on nature. To let yourself feel part of the earth. And you can do exercises like the brief one we did at the beginning of this reading. right, Where you're just in your imagination. You're hugging a darn tree. Woo! And for those of us who are able to go outside and have access to nature... Well, you know what? Hallelujah. To continue the religious theme, we're lucky and good time to be really thankful for having that ability. And go ahead and do that. That helps us ground. You know, the Hades underworld energy is of the is of the earth, but it's like this deep earth energy. <clears throat> and the kind of, you know, resurrection, arise, arise, that type of energy is kind of air and sky oriented. So we want to stay grounded during this time. And nature is really just, she's the grounder, you know, but it's our job to make sure we bother to check in with her every day. You know, it could be as simple as hold a stone in your hand and take five deep breaths. That's all. That can get you there. And that can help you with the more um, unsettling and uncertain feelings that come with a judgment day, a moment of reckoning. I think a lot of this is going to feel positive because we're going to be looking for, listening for the blessings, right? Looking for the wisdom, the knowledge, who's got their hands outstretched blessing us. So it's it's a nice time for that, you know? Meanwhile, it might feel a little rocky underfoot because we're undergoing transformation. It's uncomfortable. 
All right, Burning Tarot folks, thank you for tuning in. If you are new, um, I would love it if you could join our email list. That's on the website at tiffanyleebrown.com. And I just I just sent out an email whenever I post one of these. Uh, and sometimes the emails will contain discounts and things like that for any personal readings you might want to buy. I am not on social media. I gave that up several years ago for um, ethical reasons and for my own sanity. So uh, I would love it if you would use a different way of enabling me to inform you of new episodes. And if you're coming in through one of the different uh, aggregators of podcasts, feel free to drop me a note. I really love getting emails from listeners, especially from regulars and clients. Just send a couple sentences about how your life is going and how that's intersecting, interacting with the things that we talk about here on the podcast. I don't always get back to everybody personally on those emails, but I read them all and they're super interesting and they really help me see how um, how the great woo and the different cards that we draw, both on the Burning Tarot podcast and in the individual readings, like how those interrelate, because it turns out to be really interesting. And um, so, yeah, if you want to just say hi, introduce yourself, it's burningtarot at gmail.com. You can also ask questions there, and sometimes I will answer those questions here on the podcast. I don't answer them individually by email, usually. All right, I think I covered all the stuff. So, yeah, tiffanyleebrown.com is where you get readings or sign up for the email list or look at the larger pictures of these cards for each reading. There's a a link at the top that says tarot podcast. Um, And that should do it. Okay, much love to all y'all. I'm T. Bye-bye.